Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPEL app chat, love talking with you guys through the app as well. If you don't have the KPEL app, go to go to your phone's app store right now. Okay, I'll here, I will give you a few seconds. If you're driving, don't do this. But if you're not driving, go ahead, open up the App Store. All right, you there? Okay, go search KPEL News. Find the KPEL logo on the app, KPEL News app. Download it. And then you can keep up with all the news that we put out. You can uh, send any message. You can send a message to any of our local shows. Uh, I respond very frequently to those in the mornings, of course, especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to Winging It Wednesday, when it comes to Lafayette Live with Mayor President Josh Giller. You know, we like to go to the app chat for that as well. But I love talking with y'all through the app chat. So go download it now. And that way you can be part of the conversation here on the Joe Cunningham show. Now, today is going to be debate prep. Let's just get this out of the way. Tomorrow there is a debate. We now know who's going to be on the stage. There's a little bit of drama involved. Uh, Larry Elder, based on the rules that the D, that the RNC had provided, Larry Elder, uh, who is a former radio host in California, was one of the candidates uh, attempting to win the governorship in the recall of Gavin Newsom not too long ago. Uh, Larry Elder thought he'd made it. He was told by the RNC that one of the polls he was utilizing was not uh, did not count in the way they averaged things out. So uh, he didn't qualify. He says he's planning to sue the RNC for not letting him on the debate stage. I mean, Larry Elders, he's not a serious contender. But the RNC, the way they've set up the rules, the way they've set up all this is just it's it's a total clown show. Uh, the, the RNC has been making mistake after mistake, uh, and they have not been very good at letting us know the expectations here. Uh, you had several candidates who thought they made it, who said they made it. The RNC never said one way or another uh, in the it, during that time, and then all of a sudden, like today or late last night, they dropped the list of who's going to be in the debate. Uh, you've got Governor Doug Burgum, Governor Chris Christie, Governor Ron DeSantis, Governor Ava, uh, I'm sorry, Asa Hutchinson, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, Senator Tim Scott, Ambassador Nikki Haley. Those are the eight candidates who will be on the debate stage tomorrow night. Let me just say this right up front. Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson more than likely going nowhere, especially Asa Hutchinson. Nobody cares about anything Asa Hutchinson says. Asa Hutchinson is running because of his own ego. I don't know what Doug Burgum is running for other than he's uh, he's a guy who's a businessman, became a governor, thinks that he can really buy his way into this race. I mean, he's a self-made millionaire. He can self-fund it all he wants. But again, there, there's not really a whole lot of name recognition there. The ones who are running that do have the name recognition, that do have the potential to uh, do something in this race are Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Tim Scott. I want to talk about those six. 
the data that we've seen in terms of the polling suggests that Tim Scott has a pretty high ceiling. There's a lot further for him to go. Mike Pence doesn't have a very high ceiling. He may be near his ceiling. Chris Christie, I'm not sure about, but what I do know is Chris Christie does have the ability to engage with and really capture an audience. Nikki Haley, same thing. I don't know what her ceiling is, but she does have the ability to connect with audiences. Ron DeSantis, I think because of the way his poll numbers have gone, Ron DeSantis has a very high ceiling as far as what could happen at tomorrow night's debate. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy is interesting. He has gotten to the point where there's now a lot of opposition research being dumped on him. And it is uh, pretty telling. I'm not a Vivek guy. Um, Some of, again, I got to listen to him speak over the weekend and I was more kind of confused because he, he was good at the buzzwords. He was good at some ideological uh, red meat, but otherwise just kind of talked in circles. And I didn't really get a feel for who he was as a person other than somebody who was apparently running on a very patriotic conservative version of chat GPT, because that was all he was kind of spouting out is just kind of this generated stuff. But all of these candidates have potential. Vivek Ramaswamy is polling very well nationally. I'm, I'm not trying to just, you know, undercut him. I'm just, I personally am not a, a fan of the guy as a politician. I think he's, uh, you know, he wrote a book, Woke Inc. He, he's, he's gone after the woke stuff before, but him as a candidate has been, it, it's, it's raised a lot of questions. But the oppo was out there now, so clearly some people feel threatened by Vivek Ramaswamy. Notably absent from the list, though, is former President Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump has, uh, we've heard mixed things. He's going to, he's going to have an appearance with Tucker Carlson. There are some claims that it was pre-taped, that it's already been taped, and it's just going to air on Twitter tomorrow night. Now, the thing to note about Twitter is how they measure views on there. What will be talked about a lot is how many views Tucker Carlson's interview, uh, his event with Donald Trump gets tomorrow night. But you need to keep in mind that so long as 50% of a video is viewable for three seconds on Twitter with or without sound, it counts as a view. So a host of people who are scrolling through Twitter could scroll past the video, never watch it or hear it, and it could be counted as a view. That will give Donald Trump headlines of millions of views versus the Fox News debate. Now, the other thing here is that while Trump has vowed to not go to this debate, his team was trying to send his surrogates to the debate. They were trying to send Byron Donalds, Matt Gates, uh, Kerry Lake, some of these others, to, and trying to get them into the Fox News spin room. The spin room is where, candidates, where, where members of the candidate's team, their surrogates, go to kind of discuss the debate performance. And the Trump team wanted Trump surrogates in the spin room, despite the fact he wasn't going to be at the debate. And the RNC, it actually sounds like Ronna Romney McDaniel invited like Byron Dan uh, Daniels personally, 
And the RNC was saying, yeah, y'all can come. And Fox News put their foot down and said no. I mean, it's important to know why. One, they're not part of the debate. But two, Donald Trump is actually trying to compete with Fox News, and he's doing it through Tucker. And Fox News is basically saying, if you're going to compete against us and you're going to go with Tucker, who has blasted us, we don't want you involved. So the Trump team is not going to be allowed uh, Fox credentials to be in the spin room. Now, other media outlets who are there may have credentials for those surrogates, but they will not be on the official uh, Fox News broadcast of it. So anyway, that's the lay of the land. Let's talk about what the candidates need to do, because there is a lot there. There are, I think, like I said, six primary candidates to really look at here. The first is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the number two guy in the polls, but he is the highest ranked challenger on the debate stage tomorrow night. You can expect that a lot of people are going to take aim at Ron DeSantis. What he has to do is navigate that, hold his own, and try to set himself up as a candidate you should be able to vote for. And I can tell you, having met with him in person and having spoken with folks in his orbit, yes, Ron DeSantis is impressive enough to still win people over, even if people are already sold on another candidate. I watched it happen this past weekend. Because his numbers have dropped fairly significantly over the past few weeks, there's a chance for him to rebound in a very big way, and that would be a pretty big headline. Tim Scott has to go tomorrow night and show that he's not just the nice guy in the room, he can also be a tough guy in the room. Tim Scott, his, his strength is also his weakness. He's a nice guy. He's a compassionate guy. Everybody loves Tim Scott because he's such a nice, kind-hearted guy. But there are concerns among voters, even his supporters, who are worried if he can be a firm, tough candidate and be able to hold his own against others. Nikki Haley, kind of the same way. She can be tough, but she's also very much a kind and compassionate person. And that really comes across more than the toughness when you see her speaking live. She's got to be able to be tough. She's got to be able to really show that she has the strength to stand up to these other presences on stage. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. I'm going to go ahead and take this break. I want to talk about the other three candidates, Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Chris Christie. When we come back, wrap up this first half of the show. Then, of course, your calls, your messages on the KPL app chat. All that when we return here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. So, in, in doing a little bit of debate prep, just kind of telling you at a glance what to expect, and we can get more into it, you know, the rest of the day today, also a bit tomorrow as well. Uh, this is the first debate of the Republican primary. 
So in the last segment, talked about DeSantis, uh, talked about Tim Scott, talked about Nikki Haley. Next up is Mike Pence. And I need to tell you something up front. I understand that a lot of folks don't like Mike Pence. They don't like the turn he's taken. They don't like uh, what he did or did not do on January 6th, things like that. However, you need to know this, which is very, very important. Mike Pence is very boring. I'm sorry. If you're a Mike Pence fan, I'm sorry. He is a good conservative. He's a good Christian man. He is boring. Vanilla is more exciting than Mike Pence. He's got to do anything and everything that shows energy on that stage tomorrow night because he is boring. I cannot stress enough how boring Mike Pence is. He will stop. He'll, he has his soft voice. Take a deep breath. And he'll talk about his conservative platitudes and his duty to the Constitution. And I just don't see that winning a whole lot of voters over. I don't. Uh, he has been for a long time, I mean, he, he's done a lot of good conservative things throughout his political career. He's not going to be able to connect with anybody. Chris Christie, on the flip side of that, is very energetic on the stage. You may not think about the, you know, always the jokes about the, you know, a, a big guy or whatever, but but Chris Christie is a former prosecutor. He knows how to be combative on stage. He knows how to engage with the other uh, people debating. He knows how to engage with the audience. He knows how to engage with the moderator. He is going to keep people on their toes, and people are going to buy into that a little bit. Remember, this is the guy that took out Marco Rubio's campaign back in 2016. He's not a stranger to this format. He's not a stranger to this environment. And Chris Christie, he does also have some pretty good conservative uh, uh, wins under his belt as a New Jersey governor. So I would not be shocked to see Chris Christie have a good night. I... I would also not be shocked to see Tim Scott have a good night. I think Ron DeSantis has the potential there, but everybody's going to be ganging up on him. But the one person that I think who needs a good night the most is Vivek Ramaswamy. On that note, I've got to take this break. When we come back, I will finish up my thoughts on that, then just talk about the debate in general and Donald Trump's strategy. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. And I want to continue the conversation now. I want to talk about Vivek Ramaswamy. He is the most interesting of the candidates out there. He's not a politician. He is a self-made man. Uh, 
he has been getting a lot of traction in national polling. And I have to emphasize national polling. I can't just say he's getting a lot of traction in the polls because state-level polling, particularly in the early states, still does not show him getting a whole lot of momentum. What Vivek needs to do, Vivek, it's supposed to rhyme with cake, Vivek, what Ramaswamy is supposed to be doing is he's he's got to find a path to get some headway in the early states. He's got to be able to keep his campaign going. And and again, he's also, you know, he's he's rich. He's made his millions. He can self-fund his campaign. But he's got to start drawing some support in these primary states. I've I've talked about this before, but I want to kind of explain a bit. We can look at the national polling and the national polling tells us a part of the story. The national polling tells us that in terms of, say, the popular vote among the Republican base, yes, Vivek Ramaswamy is on the rise. However, in a in a presidential election, you need to win states. That's the lesson that Hillary Clinton learned the hard way in 2016. The national polling was actually right or close to it when it came to the national popular vote in 2016. The problem is her campaign focused on big urban turnout and ignored Midwestern and blue collar states. And so she ultimately, the blue wall fell. She ultimately lost. Vivek is running a national campaign as a almost countercultural candidate, kind of like Trump did in 2016. And he's really reaching out and getting a lot of enthusiasm from younger Republican voters. The problem for him is that the first states, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, are not known for young voters turning out. And he's not polling very well in those states. He's not at parity with Ron DeSantis like he is in some national polls. He's way, way behind. So his job tomorrow night is to show that he's a contender and somebody who can connect with audiences in those first states. He's got to win those, and he's got to show tomorrow night that he can win those. His problem is that he speaks on a level that is kind of above a lot of voters. He's not connecting with older voters. And he's got to learn how to do that. He's running, again, this very countercultural campaign, but a lot of voters want something that comes across as normal, comparable to them, and somebody who can overturn the Biden administration. They're not looking for a massive, what he's calling this new revolution, this 2023 revolution, in, in his talking points are, are comparing a 2022 revolution without the violence to a 1776 revolution. Nobody's looking at that right now. Is right now the average Republican voter is looking to stop Joe Biden. And so that is the problem he's facing. He's kind of speaking a little bit past his audience right now. So he's got to be able to pull himself back. He's got to be able to connect. 
if I had to guess, some of this oppo research that's being dropped against him is being dropped from allies of Ron DeSantis. But I also know that there are several consultants outside of the political space that don't like Ramaswamy and would like to see him knock down a peg because they think he's going to, uh, he'll either overturn the apple cart or they see that he is, you know, generally dangerous for the Republican movement, which, as you recall, that's one thing that led us to Donald Trump was the consultant class pretty much lining up against him. So that, a look at all the candidates. But the elephant not in the room in this case is Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be doing an event with Tucker Carlson. That will be broadcast on Twitter. So he'll already be pulling some audience away from Fox News to that event on Twitter. I don't think it's going to be as impactful as Donald Trump wanted to believe. And like I explained earlier, I don't think the stats will actually do justice to what you actually see. A lot of people, I think a lot more than some expect, are going to be looking at that debate, trying to get a sense of the rest of the field. But Donald Trump's not going to be there. Donald Trump, frankly, doesn't need to be there. It's a perfectly fine strategy for him to not go. I know that there are some people on his side who want to see him there, and I know that there are some people who are against him that are calling him a coward for not going. Strategically, it makes sense. Strategically, he doesn't need to be there. What if he slips up? What if there's something that goes wrong and and he hurts himself in that debate? The flip side of that is, what if one of his opponents has a really good night and he's not there to put a stop to it? That's the flip side of this coin. He can mitigate that, and he's going to by declaring that he's going to turn himself into Fulton County on Thursday. So on Thursday, when everybody should be talking about the debate the previous night and what candidates said what and how they responded to each other and things like that, at the same time, Donald Trump is going to be hogging all the headlines by going to Fulton County because all the media wants to cover Donald Trump going and being arraigned and having his mugshot taken and everything like that. He's trying to undercut outside of the bait. He's trying to he's trying to undercut whatever sort of good moment that those candidates have. And it's a good and viable strategy. I'm not knocking him for the strategy. He is he's been dealt this hand. He is using the hand to the best of his ability, and he is going to be garnering a lot of headlines for it. And that's what he needs to kind of rally the troops around him at this point. The other candidates. Are and I think Ramaswamy is in the process of doing this, but the other candidates are going to have to force their way onto the other news networks and talk, and they'll be forced to talk about Trump, but they will also be able to tie it back to what they said during the debate, and they will be able to start generating some noise for themselves in the midst of all the Trump stuff. Now, there's another thing that goes along with this as well, and Boomer on the app pointed this out. How many of the candidates who are running are running for a vice presidential spot or running for a cabinet spot? I'm not sure. There are a, there's a lot of people who believe that's what Nikki Haley is doing. There's a lot of people that say that's what Tim Scott is doing. Both of, the, both, both of those candidates, though, if they are just running for vice president or a cabinet spot, 
they're doing a damn good job of making the case that their vision for America is one that you should consider. And I think that's just as important. Maybe Tim Scott is running to be the vice president. Having met him and having spoken with him and having listened to him, I don't get that sense. I get the sense that he is genuinely trying to turn the country around. Same with Nikki Haley. However, let me be real honest with you. No matter who wins the nomination, there's a good chunk of the field that I wouldn't mind seeing in the upcoming administration. Let's say, for example, let's, let's say that Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination and Ron DeSantis does. And let's say Ron DeSantis is running and he picks, I don't know, Tim Scott to be his vice president. That's a strong ticket. And I know that there are people in the Trump camp who are looking at Scott and Haley as potential vice presidential material. Nikki Haley would be great at Secretary of State. Chris Christie, you may not like him. He's a damn good prosecutor. Put him in the Department of Justice. Actually, so Chris Christie wanted to be Trump's uh, uh, attorney general, but Christie had prosecuted Jared Kushner's father. And so Kushner blocked that, and that's why Jeff Sessions got it and Chris Christie did not. But in, And so Chris Christie also has a grudge from, again, from that, too. But Chris Christie would be a great attorney general. He would be great at leading the Department of Justice under whoever the next Republican president would be if he doesn't win the nomination, doesn't win the election. Tim Scott, like I said, be a great vice presidential candidate. Um, you have, I mean, there, there are so many Republicans— I, People don't understand how rich, and I don't mean in terms of money, but how rich and how diverse and how uh, talented the GOP bench is. No matter who gets the nomination, there are a lot of good Republicans who are in the field right now who could be part of the administration. Now, on the other side of that, Got a question on the app just now. Does Biden automatically get the Democratic nomination? There's lots of talk about them pulling a, a last-minute maneuver or whatever. Here's the thing, though. The delegates that are won in a campaign for during a primary, the, the delegates are tied to that candidate. They can't just start, they, they can't just, pop in the old switcheroo at the last minute, according to DNC rules, the delegates and super delegates are tied to a candidate. He, Biden automatically, I think, gets the Democratic nomination. I don't think that RFK, I don't think that Marianne Williamson pull enough away to be able to take the nomination from Biden. And I don't think there's any movement in the background for the Democrats right now to pull the fast one and switch him out at the very end. That looks substantially weaker. Because here's the problem for the Democrats on that one. Let's say they do that. They admit that their candidate was a weak candidate. That's a blow to them right there. And then they pull somebody else who's not Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is on her 85th reboot right now trying to get a better image with the American public and it's just not working. 
they bypass her to find somebody else, that undercuts her and that makes her fans who are incredibly, incredibly uh, enthusiastic about her in a, in a bad way, uh, that makes them angry. You kill a portion of your base there. So who do you put in for Joe Biden? Do you put in Gavin Newsom? Newsom said he won't do it if Biden is running. Biden says he's running. Gavin Newsom's staying out. If Joe Biden says, no, I can't do it, or the DNC says, you know what? You, you deserve a good retirement. You just go sit back. Who do they get? Michelle Obama doesn't want it. Michelle Obama hated Barack Obama for running and then winning. She hated Washington. She hated the White House. She hated the politics. She wants to be done with it. So who else is there? Whoever the Republican nominee is, they're running against Joe Biden. Barring, barring something unfortunate happening to Biden, they're running against Biden in 2024. And look at what's happening. Look at the economy. Look at his disastrous trip to Maui. Look at everything that's going on in the country right now. And look at how much it's the result of Joe Biden and his administration's incompetence. Whoever the Republican nominee is from Trump on down they've got a really good chance of winning. But the Republicans need to make sure they're on their A-game because the Democrats, the media, all sorts of institutions are going to be working as hard as they can to beat them. 232-1542, let's take this final break. We'll be back in a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them, but... I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app wherever you're listening to this from and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. 232-1542 is the number. we got about a couple minutes left. Uh, want to wrap up with this. So Donald Trump will be arraigned at the Fulton County Jail and released on a $200,000 bail. Trump's attorneys have signed an order that will, quote, bind Trump to a set of rules that explicitly limit his ability to use social media to attack witnesses or co-defendants in the case. The Democrats, meanwhile, will be chartering a bunch of planes, or at least one plane. Okay, one plane to fly around Milwaukee tomorrow with a sign that reads GOP 2024, a race for the extreme MAGA base. The Democrats are going to be ejecting a, a ton of carbon into the air. 
in order to attack the Republicans in Milwaukee. Good for them. 232-1542 is the number. Before we go, let's see. We can fit in at least one call. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hello, call. Are you there? Hello? Hello, call. Are you there? Hey, yeah. Yeah, what you got? So, yeah, I heard your uh, comments before the last break, and I, I just wanted to say this real quick before you have to, to end it. Yeah. You know, uh, Joe Biden uh, has the personality and charisma of a cobra. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's still got more votes than Barack Obama. Yeah. We have to remember that. Uh-huh. He's not He's not running against, you know, the economy and all that. The, the, the Republican candidate is running against the machine. It's not running against Joe Biden. Yeah. And, that- and we have to remember that. You know, we got to be better than them at the ground game. Absolutely. If we're going to win this election. And that's it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I hope that the Republican Party can remember that because it's going to it's it seems foolish to say it, but it really is all about the turnout and not just on Election Day. We've got early voting. We've got absentee voting mail in. We need to utilize all of those tools. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Unfortunately, I got to wrap it up. Uh, Pleasure talking with y'all on the phone with the folks who uh, commented on the app today. I'm going to be back in 23 hours. Of course, it will be debate day. We'll have plenty more news to talk about as well. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. Now, if you missed any portion of the show or you want to go back and listen to my breakdown of the debate, the podcast is going to be up very soon. Wherever you get your podcast, via Apple, Spotify, wherever, or you can go straight to my substack, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com is where you can listen to the podcast of this show as well as catch uh, my other writings and things like that. You guys have a fantastic day. Try to stay cool in this heat. Speaking of cool, Old School Nerd is in the studio. Now, granted, he is with Shannon, and Shannon is offside. It's coming up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.